Welcome to the Gonzada Moe News Podcast. I don't have any exciting anecdotes this week because I work too goddamn much and I fall asleep every time I try to watch anime. The only exciting thing that I did was I found out that I may have been pronouncing Kinokuniya wrong. For many years, I heard about this bookstore. It's a Japanese bookstore. They have them. I think there's one in California. There's one in New York. There's probably a couple others. I heard about it on a podcast, and that's how they said the name of the store. But my uh, boss, whose wife is Japanese, told me that it's probably pronounced Kinokuniya. So uh, there's egg on my face, I guess. Uh, I bought a couple manga that I had never heard of when I was there. So that was exciting. I got Downfall by Inio Asano. I got one that I thought was going to be porny because it was in a plastic wrap and called Do You Like the Nerdy Nurse? Turns out it's actually just an innocent story about a nurse that likes anime and manga. And then I got one that had a really scary cover called Abara by Sutomu Nihei. And uh, I guess that's the guy that did Knights of Sidonia and Blame, which I think might be pronounced Blam if Daryl Surratt is to believed, to be believed, I should say. Uh, I finally have feeds up for the podcast for the three or four people that were complaining about that. It took some time to get them approved on the various stores. The moment I submitted the podcast last week, all of them were approved. So now there is a Google Podcast, Spotify, and iTunes. There are links on the Twitter the Twitter, of course, is gonzo.moe. Uh, if you want to talk to me, that's also the best place to do it. Otherwise, you can email me at gonzo.moe at gmail.com. I don't know why I'm talking with that cadence. Uh, probably just trying to pad out the time because there's really not a lot to talk about. Although I do say that every week and sometimes I end up going for 45 minutes. So let's get into the news. Where are the demons? Bring on the pain! <laughs> So to start things off this week, we're going to talk about a piece of news that I forgot to mention last week. The Evangelion trailer for the new movie, it contains spoilers, so if you care, don't watch it. If you've already watched it, you're fucked, dude. Uh, I don't know why they do this. This is something that I've, I've seen in Japanese movie trailers before. The most notable example I can think of is the Seven Samurai trailer. It's like 25 minutes long and it tells you the story of the entire movie. Another thing that tends to happen a lot is the titles of episodes will give away uh, like a big plot point of an episode. A, a notable one would be from Mazenkaiser, where an episode is called Koji Kabuto Dies in Magma. I don't remember if that actually happens, but that's a lot of information going into an episode. Speaking of Mazen Kaiser, Media Blasters made some Blu-ray announcements. Mazen Kaiser Skull was among those, as well as Girls High, Doomed Megalopolis, Grenadier, Ramen Fighter Miki, Ten Tokyo Warriors, and Nana Seven of Seven. According to John Sarabella, none of these series have had prior HD Blu-ray releases. I call shenanigans on that because I've actually had a Mazen Kaiser Skull Blu-ray. So what that tells me is either one, he forgot that he released that, or that was not a real HD copy of uh, Maz and Kaiser's Skull. Couldn't tell you because I never watched it. Uh, another thing that he mentioned in this interview, this it all came from an uh, Otaku USA interview. He said that Icon has been selling very well for Media Blasters, which tells me that a lot of you are up to no good. 
Something that is good is that the My Hero Academia uh, Season 5 dub premiered on Saturday, April 10th. Uh, that's, that's great for me because I just caught up on Season 4 and I was waiting until the dub uh, simul dub started coming out before I started season five. I believe there's three or four subtitle episodes. And then of course the one dubbed episode out currently I'm choosing to watch it dubbed. So I'm not up to date on season five, uh, for people that are waiting for the tsunami run. I know I have a few friends that prefer to watch my hero academia that way. That way they can talk about it with their friends as they watch it together on Twitter or discord or what have you that will be premiering May 8th. The Toonami lineup starting that day in Eastern Time will be Dragon Ball Super at midnight, My Hero Academia at 12.30 a.m., Food Wars at 1 a.m., The Promised Neverland 1.30 a.m., Fire Force 2 a.m., Black Clover 2.30 a.m., Naruto Shippuden 3 a.m., and Attack on Titan 3.30 a.m. Next in the news is Netflix upsetting anime fans by announcing that Eden Zero will not come out outside of Japan until this fall. Presumably, same thing with Shaman King. People do not like this, and I, I don't blame them, but I also don't care. I'm very on the fence when Netflix does this, because on one hand, I already have too much anime to watch that I'm never going to get around to. But at the same time, I'm more a fan of a week-to-week release. There's a conversation surrounding binge-watching versus weekly watching, and there's pros and cons to both. On one hand, if all of the episodes are available to me, I may be more likely to watch it, because I won't have to worry about forgetting to tune in uh, at a certain point. I won't have to worry about... Uh, falling behind and, and, you know, having to catch up to watch the newest episode. That's a problem that I run into a lot with uh, trying to watch weekly anime is inevitably I don't have time to watch the newest episode and then they pile up and it just becomes overwhelming. On the other hand, uh, that can happen with a binge release. If I turn on a show, let's say Eden Zero, I don't know how many episodes there's going to be, but if I click on it and there's like 50 episodes, that is going to be a little intimidating. Whereas if I'm watching them one at a time, not knowing how many there's ultimately going to be, it's a little more easy to swallow. That's uh, Yashihime is a great example of that. If I knew Yashihime was going to be 50 plus episodes or however long, and they were all available to me at once, and I got to the part where it started to not be so great, I probably would have just turned it off. Uh, There is something to be said for the weekly release in terms of geek culture online. Uh, A lot of it was founded on weekly discussions of anime episodes, TV episodes. You know, I can think of uh, at least one person that built an empire on this. Uh, You know, people that have been listening to my nonsense for what is it, the last decade, may remember a name, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast Answer Man. I don't know if he goes by that anymore. This was the guy that I bought my first, like, real microphone from. He he was selling podcasting gear and, you know, giving podcasting tips. Some of them ended up not being so great, but he, he set me down the path to, uh, you know, trying to learn more about how to improve the audio quality of my show. He has this, you know, empire where he does like conferences now and, and presumably makes a living 
as a podcast consultant, his very first podcast was a lost podcast where he talked about each episode and, and discussed fan theories with his wife. And he's not the only person to turn that into a business. And it can be really good for the brand or the show or the whatever it is that you're talking about because it, it lengthens the discussion you know, over several months when, when a show is 12 episodes, people are now talking about your show for three or four months. Whereas if you can watch it all in one sitting, the conversation might dissolve in a week. So I don't know what kind of things are considered when deciding whether to release a show weekly or in a binge format, but I know that no matter what decision they make, it's impossible to make everybody happy. Here's an update to something I reported on when I was still writing the news. Uh, that was not fun. Every Saturday and Sunday, I would just sit down and write a dozen stories and try to schedule them throughout the week for the like five people that read the blog. Uh, so you may remember back in November, there was a manga called Build King from Mitsutoshi Shimabukuro, the mangaka that made Toriko. Uh, so when this came out, I... <laughs> had a headline that was aggressive but accurate called New Manga from Convicted Sex Offender Mitsutoshi Shimabukuro debuts in Shonen Jump. And that is because back in 2002, he was arrested and charged with hiring a child prostitute. I don't think he served any time. And then shortly after, he was welcomed back into Shonen Jump. And I don't know if this story just people forgot about it or if they just genuinely didn't care. But uh, when Toriko came out, it was a big deal in America for a while. It was running in Shonen Jump every week. Funimation had the anime. I'm not sure if Funimation finished the anime. And, and I was a pretty big fan of Toriko for a while. I never finished it because I just fell behind. Like I was just talking about, you know, you forget a chapter one week, now it's two chapters, now it's 10 chapters. Uh, but I didn't know about his past until probably six or seven years later. So it goes to show just how easily that was swept under the rug, despite being reported on by multiple anime news sites. I guarantee you that this manga was not canceled because people suddenly remembered it was probably because it wasn't doing well in the reader polls. Uh, did not make it even three volumes from what the uh, report on Anime News Network says. It, it looks like the third volume is going to contain chapters that did not get published. Speaking just generally about that process, it's it's got to be terrifying to have your career decided by reader surveys. I remember in 2012, I was reading a manga called Barrage, and it, it was about some... I don't know, some guy who looked kind of like the prince of this kingdom. And I, I, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but it got canceled like immediately. And then a few years later, the same mangaka wrote this little story called My Hero Academia. And it's one of the best selling manga in the world. It makes me wonder if Barrage could have been as good as My Hero Academia if it just had character designs that like vibed better with the audience. Something that isn't vibing with the audience at all, Way of the House Husband. I'm not even sure if it's fair to call this an anime. So a lot of people were excited when it was first announced at some like Netflix anime panel thing they streamed on YouTube. And when it came out, it was like a slideshow with voice acting. And I'm not really sure why they did this. Some people thought it was because of the budget, but... What I'm reading is that the producers wanted it to be like a living manga. They didn't want it to be done in a traditional anime style. 
And I don't know why they would want to do that, but that's what they did and that's what they're doing and that's what they're going to continue to do because they've already announced part two. Seems a little preemptive to announce part two already, but you know, that's what they did. I wonder what people in Japan think about this. Overwhelmingly, my Twitter timeline hates it, but I wonder if the Japanese audience is a little more receptive to this. Here's an update to a story we talked about last week. The Penguin Drum crowdfunding campaign was wildly successful. I was a little confused as to what exactly they were crowdfunding because they talked about how they greenlit a film, but that they were also running a crowdfunding campaign. I also mispronounced Kinohiku Ikuhara's name, so my bad. I may have called it a Kickstarter when I am pretty sure this wasn't a Kickstarter. It just goes to show you how that brand dominates it to the point where you're using Kickstarter as a verb. Anyway, it took them less than three minutes to meet their goal. And they have since, at least as of the writing of the story that I was reading, they exceeded their goal by 500%. They have something like a half a million dollars raised already. Probably more, because I tagged this story a couple days ago. It makes me wonder, you know, when crowdfunding campaigns for things that are obviously going to succeed are being held like, did the investors really not believe in this? Or are you just looking for a less risky way to make your project? You know, it reminds me of when they did a Kickstarter for like Garden State 2. Or or like when Studio Trigger started a Patreon, which they probably still have. It just rubs me the wrong way when established companies and established brands do crowdfunding. Because it just, to me, it feels like that should be for the little guys. What do I know? Next in the news, we're going to be talking about an anime whose name I have not heard in over 10 years. Sentai Filmworks has acquired the license to Gargoyle of the Yoshinaga House. Let's read the description. Yoshinaga just won the local lottery. Instead of a fabulous getaway or a lifetime supply of her favorite food, she is awarded a stone gargoyle. But things get interesting when she discovers that the gargoyle lives. Not only that, he can speak, fly, and fire potentially lethal energy beams. Naturally, like any good gargoyle, he is bound to protect the Yoshinaga home from any and all threats. The once mundane, ordinary Yoshinaga household just became a place of magic, excitement, and plenty of laughs. I've never seen this show, but it's lived trapped inside of my memory for over a decade because it was reviewed by Chigo on one of the first episodes of Anime Pulse that I ever listened to. I'm pretty sure that was episode 67. I could not tell you a single thing that he said about the anime, but for some reason I've always remembered this name. Interestingly, this is the first time it will be coming out in the United States. I'm not sure why it took this long. Uh, you know, it came out in like 2006, so they, you know, they probably weren't licensing every single anime that was coming out, or maybe there was some weird rights thing. I don't know. I've never met anybody that's seen it, and part of me wants to get this, or at least watch it on high dive to try to erase it from my memory once and for all. Another thing that I wish I could erase from my memory is the idea of earwigs. G-Kids has announced that their earwig and the rich Blu-ray release contains the same version of the film that is screening in Japanese theaters. Apparently some people were confused because there was a different version that was played at festivals and, you know, another version with additional scenes or something. Whatever the case may be, it's some alternate cut that will be playing in Japanese theaters. 
One thing that I don't understand, at least based on this article, is that it is not yet playing in theaters in Japan, but I can buy the Blu-ray in America. I'm sure it has something to do with the coronavirus. I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to watch the movie because I heard it was bad. And uh, earwigs terrify me, if that segue didn't uh, tell you that already. I saw some when I was a child at my uh, step-grandma's house when I was like 12, and it has haunted me ever since. They came to get me when I was using the bathroom, and I ran down the hallway with my pants down, screaming. They're very scary bugs, so please don't come at me, earwigs. Uh, I will set my apartment on fire. We're almost at the end here. Chainsaw Man is doing very, very well. The first volume made number one on a best-selling graphic novel list, followed by My Hero Academia, Demon Slayer, and Attack on Titan. Volume three of Chainsaw Man was also on there, but it was much lower. Interestingly, volume two did not make the list, so not sure what's happening there. Chainsaw Man is something that I've been trying to get into. I I read all of the manga, all of part one. I don't think the part two has started yet. And I will watch the anime when it comes out. But I spent most of its... I think it was 100 chapters, maybe like 90 chapters. I spent most of it very confused. And that's because I, I didn't feel like it was telling a coherent story. I often got characters confused with one another and I couldn't really tell what their motivation was ever because most of them were incredibly nihilistic and did not care if they lived or died or if anybody lived or died. It's a manga where like they introduce like 15 or 20 characters in the beginning and all of them are dead by the end. And it's just very difficult for me to get invested in a story like that. And I think along with that is I've just read this story too many times. This whole ultra nihilistic, the world is suffering, just gore fest. You know, I've just seen this story so many times in things like Shigarui, Biomeat, Magical Girl's Sight, Apocalypse Zero, Battle Royale. I just, I think at this point, I just want a story where people are hanging out and having a good time. I don't need everybody to die always. And maybe that's why... I had trouble getting into Attack on Titan because it was just doing that same thing that shows do where they try to be shocking and they're like, here's this cool character and now they're dead. And I'm clearly wrong because these are very, very popular series. Well, I guess with the exception of Magical Girl Sight, Biomeat, maybe nobody read those but me. In fact, I think Magical Girl Sight even made Theron Martin sick and that guy's out of his mind. Finally, the biggest piece of news, and probably the most difficult to discuss because I don't know a goddamn thing about it, Big West, Studio Nue, and Harmony Gold have finally reached an agreement regarding Macross, and it is now open for distribution outside of Japan. A lot of people are very excited about this, and I'm probably going to get some of this wrong because it's big and confusing and it spans 30 years, so give me a break, I'm going to do my best. This seems to be another situation of companies arguing for several decades about who owns the rights to what instead of just working together to make a shitload of money because Macross is a big franchise and they've been leaving a lot of money on the table and probably wasting a lot of money by spending three decades in court or however long this has been. My understanding is that one of the companies 
was awarded the rights to make sequels, whereas another company was awarded the rights to the characters, which makes it difficult to write a sequel if you don't have the rights to the characters in the show. I think something like this happened with Space Battleship Yamato, where Yoshinobu Nishizaki was awarded the story rights and Leiji Matsumoto was awarded the character rights. From my perspective, it doesn't seem that a deal like that really benefits anybody, but it's happened more than once. Either way, it seems that at least as far as Macross is concerned, they finally got it settled. I'm sure it had a lot to do with the fact that the fans of Macross are getting older and older, and it's going to be a lot harder to make new fans of Macross if you can't release Macross. So when this was announced, my Twitter blew up. A lot of people are very excited for a potential Do You Remember Love Blu-ray, which for the record has not been announced. It's just made possible by this agreement. I'm not holding my breath for anything positive until I see a right stuff listing because nobody knows how to fuck things up better than anime companies. You know, look at how many reissues have come stripped of special features. Even, even Boogie Pop and others, a new show in its first print run, it, it came with the special features of just the opening and closing sequence without credits. There's no interviews. There's no comments commentaries there's no storyboards and it's like this came out recently the best case scenario would be for a company like discotech to get distribution rights but it's a lot more likely that it's going to be funimation uh, because they have a previous relationship with harmony gold my understanding is sony also has a previous relationship with harmony gold this is also the reason why i have low expectations for a release because as much as i find funimation's dubs enjoyable their releases often leave something to be desired i mean for fuck's sake they fucked up the akira 4k blu-ray how do you do that I just don't understand how companies with more money and a larger staff put out bare bones releases when a company like Discotech, a company that's seemingly run by ghosts, is giving it their all for everything they do. I mean, the Ninja Scroll TV series Blu-ray, a terrible show, is jam-packed with special features. There's like behind the scenes of when they dubbed the show back in early 2000. There's tons of storyboards. There's all sorts of stuff. There's trailers. There's Japanese trailers. And then there's Funimation with Boogie Pop and others, where one of the special features is that you get the entire show. So with that, it's time to cue the music. We have now reached the end of another episode of the Gonzo.moe News Broom Anime Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe. It's on Spotify. It's on Google Podcasts. It's on iTunes. Just look up gonzo.moe. Uh, the Google Podcast might bring up a weird feed that doesn't have uh, album art. Don't subscribe to that one. Subscribe to the one with the weird Naruto text. Uh, if there's something you want me to talk about on the podcast, send it to gonzo.moe on Twitter, or you could send it to gonzo.moe at gmail.com. In both cases, spell out the word dot. Do not use a period. Uh, uh, Rosa sent me something on Twitter I don't know if I was supposed to talk about it on here uh, But Vic Mignogna Was apparently going to speak at a church About getting cancelled And then they cancelled the appearance Which is uh, Kind of funny To me I, I'm not sure what kind of market there is For getting a anime voice actor To speak at a church um, Not sure if that would have been relevant For most of the congregants But I guess they don't have to worry about that. Uh, I still need to record my weekly anime roundup podcast, so keep an eye out for that, or an ear. 
I don't know what you people do. Maybe you listen to this podcast with your butt. Uh, but you probably shouldn't do that. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking. Good night, kids. <laughs>